This is the No Swear Gamer from YouTube and the Atari 1700 Game by Game podcast, and you are listening to the podcasting pride of the Smoky Mountains, the Two Dudes in a Nest, with your hosts, Dude Michael and Dude Justin. what's up man uh not much i got a question for you to start us off here right off the bat um okay has any restaurant ever used the phrase in or like a jingle in their advertisement advertising happy holland days because that just seems ripe for the taking it does i you know i don't think that they have i'm sure they're it has to be, but I, I, I honestly, I, Amber and I were talking about it earlier, and I, I had to look it up, and I just could not find anybody going with a Happy Holland Days uh, advertisement for the holiday season, and any restaurant that has hollandaise sauce should have some sort of advertisement. Yeah, um, I'm looking. Uh, apparently, it's a there's a play called Happy Holland Days. Hmm. Okay. No restaurants, though, huh? Currently, yeah. Well, any um, restaurant, feel free to take that and then sponsor this, this podcast. I mean, it's not, not, you know, we're cheap. Don't worry. Do you like hollandaise sauce? Uh, it depends on the dish, I guess. But yeah, I generally speaking, like it. I don't know what it is, but I like it. It's like the, it's like the yellow sauce that they put on, like, steaks and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I've had it on... Um, I feel like I've had it on like a prime rib too, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of sweet. I'm just not right? a, I'm not a sauce person on a steak. Generally speaking. You don't just douse but, your steaks in A1 or. No, I've never been an A1 fan in, in general. Um, not just because, you know, I like the taste of steak, but just because I've just never really been a big fan of the taste of A1 either. Yeah. yeah, I like A1, but the thing about A1, and I'm sure a lot of people have talked about this, but it's, it can, it can make a bad steak good, but it can also ruin yeah. a good steak. Oh yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So, so anyways, um, um, so speaking of food, just to, just to preface everybody, tonight we are talking about Panic Restaurant for the NES, uh, but be forewarned. Because Justin and I are not as frequent as we used to be in podcasting, uh, there's going to be more tangents than usual. Normally, mm-hmm. we would get an episode out before Thanksgiving to talk about Thanksgiving, and then maybe one after so we could talk about Christmas. Um, because of our infrequency, I think we're just going to cram all that stuff into this one episode, just in case we don't make another one before Christmas time rolls around, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Be forewarned, there will be many tangents on this episode. I had a Thanksgiving-related injury this year. Yeah? Yeah. What happened? I have a good, uh, I think it's just a first-degree burn, but uh, at most it's a second-degree. It did have a little bit of a, a uh, part of the, I guess, scar came off of and, and it was kind of a little raw-looking, but I think it was just a first-degree burn. But... um I didn't. I couldn't find my regular turkey pan, 
to cook the turkey in. And I had one of those, you know, like silver aluminum plant pans. And I was like, well, this will work. <laughs> so I put the turkey in that. Well, the problem with those are, you know, you got a heavy turkey. And I pull yeah, it out of the yeah. oven. And as soon as I pull it out, like the pan just starts to fold in on itself. Yeah. Because of the weight of the turkey. And all the juices just come pouring out to, on my leg. Yeah, I was about to say, out comes the juice. So it did burn me pretty good on uh, on my thigh. Yeesh. Um, so it was still good turkey. Still enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, that, that kind of uh, smarted a, a little bit. Yeah, put a bit of a damper on the on eating the turkey. I don't know. I may have ate it even harder. Is that, is that a phrase? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, exactly. Stupid bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, you know, turkey's one of those things that it's just like, I guess I do turkey right, or we as a society do turkey right, because I just don't, I, I don't think I would enjoy turkey if I had a lot, but having it just like once a year in regards to like a, cooking a whole turkey, I, yeah. I just really enjoy it. Mm. I, I'm with you. I have I I really like turkey though. I eat it more than just once or twice a year. Uh, I like it in like sliced turkey and like turkey sandwiches and stuff. But as far yeah. as as far as like a serious like whole bird turkey meal, yeah, it's probably Thanksgiving. That's pretty much it. But I, I, yeah. I you're right. The fact that we only do that maybe once a year really makes it. I just I don't know. It tastes better. The whole the cooking it, the process, everything's just great. I love it. It's one of, my, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Although this year, uh, you know, I, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, I didn't cook the turkey this year because my father-in-law cooked it, which if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, you'll know that is strange yeah. because he's a ham man. He's always yeah, the, he's he, the ham guy. He's the ham guy. He's always wants to provide the ham. And so every year, basically, since Amber and I have been married, he's been the ham guy. Uh, and this year he's like, I'm going to do the turkey, and uh, I don't know if I don't know if this is a sign of days to come. If he just caught a wild hare or what, but we ended up getting Amber and I were like, well, we don't we don't do ham, you know, we're not we don't cook ham, so we just went and got a honey baked ham, just yeah, which was delicious. But you know, we just went and bought, went just went and bought one because we're not we're not going to go cooking a ham. Um, but. Uh, in in true father-in-law fashion he did uh he did have to do it his own way and he brought only a turkey breast so we only had the breast <laughs> <laughs> which i mean let's you know everybody loves the white meat but i i really just love a good turkey leg i mean that so I'm, yeah mm-hmm. no i'm with you the uh yeah the 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 breast is is probably one of the the best parts. Don't get me wrong. Everybody likes the breast. It's good. It's perfect with the gravy. But there's just something about. Of course, I'm going to eat a ton of breast. But there's something about just taking that leg, just having a turkey leg. It's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, it's juicy. Now I'm not right. eating. I'm not eating like the other dark meat areas of the turkey. But something about that. Something about that drumstick. That turkey drumstick makes me feel like a. Uh, like a renaissance man or something, you know? I know. Yeah. But here's the thing, because we've thought about that in the past too. It's like, well, you know, like when, when I was uh, uh, in living in Kentucky 
like for two, maybe three, all three Thanksgivings. Uh, yeah, all, all three Thanksgivings, we were not able to like do a family Thanksgiving where I come down and, and saw everybody because I was on call the first two Thanksgivings. And then the third one was like COVID and like, like everything was, you know, shut down. So we never, we did our like just small family Thanksgiving up there every year. Mm-hmm. And we always thought, well, we'll just get a breast. And I think we did that one year, but then we figured out that like the breast is just as expensive as buying a whole turkey. Right. Yeah. Surprisingly. So. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Another bit of disappointment for me is, um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. I probably have. I have a Thanksgiving shirt. My family hates it because it's yeah. like a, it's like a Hawaiian shirt in, in feel like it's in look. Cause it's like kind of like a button up Hawaiian shirt almost, but it's just a plain color. Yeah. It's just a, it's just like a greenish blue color, and, but that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. It's my Thanksgiving shirt. I've wore it for like probably Love it. at least a decade now. It's, it's a very dad thing to have a shirt that your family hates that you just insist on wearing. No, well here's here's my reasoning. Okay, I, every that's what that's what I tell my wife too when she complains about it. I say, look, as long as I can still fit in this shirt, I get to go to town on Thanksgiving. Okay, if there ever comes a time when <laughs> okay, I yeah. when I can't fit in the shirt anymore, I'm gonna have to figure out what to do for the rest of my life because I've done something wrong. But as long as I'm still fitting in the shirt, and it's a loose fitting shirt, right? So I got some room to grow yeah. if I need to. Um, but not too much. If I grow too much, I won't fit, and then I'll feel bad about myself. So on Thanksgiving, there will there will probably will come a Thanksgiving where I'll try to put it on. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> this does not yeah, fit. Yeah, and that'll be the moment where I probably just you know I go I go for a long drive by myself or something. Yeah, <laughs> But oh, what I was saying is I got a new stain on it. It's uh, I got a new uh, nice new juice stain on it this year. Yeah, which yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because. For one, yeah, it's my Thanksgiving shirt, so obviously there should be a few stains on it, but uh, every stain it takes uh, makes it a little bit more hated by the family. So It I, sounds like I just got an idea. You know, we've all we've made Christmas albums in the past. Maybe we need to do a Thanksgiving album. And oh. uh, I thought of our first song could be, uh, you know, instead of every breath you take, every... <laughs> We can talk about your shirt, every stain yeah. you take. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'm down. That sounds that sounds like a good, a good, a good plan to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, we haven't made an album in a long time. I think we could we could squeak out a Thanksgiving album, maybe if we start now. Yeah. And work, yeah. work towards next yeah. year. That would be. Good. <clears throat> uh. All right. Well, we should probably get into a little bit of game talk. We'll come back. I've got a few more tangents. My neighbors are going crazy with their Christmas decorations right now. Uh, I got one more Thanksgiving thing. Okay. That I, yes, gotta, I can't, I've been thinking I got to bring this up on the podcast. It's not really a Thanksgiving, but you know, everybody talks about Black Friday, the shopping thing. Yep. But it, did you know that there's something uh, called Brown Friday? No. Is it like the, the, you spend the time all your entire Friday in the bathroom after Thanksgiving? meal it's actually you're close it's it's known brown friday by by plumbing companies because it notoriously the busiest day of the year is the day after thanksgiving <laughs> <For plumbing companies. laughs> oh. you think you know maybe uh, i didn't just see this as like a meme or something this was like on 
the news. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, I can't wait. This is the best news ever. That's, to hear that's good. Plumbing companies call the Friday after Thanksgiving. Brown, Brown Friday. Brown Friday. Mmm. Yummy. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. We, good, we good on Thanksgiving? I think so. Okay. All right. Let's go to Justin's tidbits and trivia. Now it's time for Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. Time to get out your D-pad notepads because you're about to get schooled by the doctor. Ooh, that was loud. Sorry about that. <laughs> so Panic Restaurant. Have we even said have we, have we said that's what we're talking about? I think I mentioned it briefly at the top. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, we're talk- so Panic Restaurant uh, released for the NES in 1992 published by the company Tato, which we've talked about, Tato, in the past. Um, this being a late release, all the way in 1992, and Super Nintendo's already out, made, makes this one actually a little bit more hard to find nowadays um, in regards to the kind of the collectors and things, because being a late release, it must have not, they must have not created many copies. Mm-hmm. It was actually hey. developed by a company called EIM, which was started by a man by the name of Henry Eno, who later started a company named Warp. Uh, he was actually um, a little bit of a renaissance man, I guess you could say. Well, he also he was not just a video game creator; he was also a musician. Uh, it sounds like he kind of like a lot of his stuff was like electronic style mu- music. Um, but he headed the company Warp uh, until his unfortunate death in 2013. Um, but this game, um, of course, actually was well liked amongst uh, his the the critics. A lot of the the reviews for this were very positive, even though it was a late late kind of release for the NES. Um, one interesting thing that I found was the character name, uh, the, particularly the villain in this game, is called Odove, mm-hmm. which was actually a um, a, a mix-up in the translation. If you look to the, the, the actual name in, in Japanese, it's supposed to be hors d'oeuvre. So oh, the yeah. villain was supposed to be hors d'oeuvre, but it gets called Odove in... Uh, the U.S. version. It was actually released in Europe a couple of years after and uh, North America. It was actually released all the way into 1994. Um, but anyway, that's about all I've got for kind of tidbits and trivia. Did you have this game or did you go on a quest to find this game? Well, before we move on, I just want one more food tangent in regards to Thanksgiving. And I, I just had to think, I thought of it because Tato, I mean, yeah. What, how's that? How convenient is that? Taters. Taters. Yeah. Tato. Yeah. You feel yeah. like, how you feel yeah. like, I, I was thinking about Tato's. Okay. I was thinking about Tato's uh-huh. and you know, there's, th- there's a consistency range. There's such a wide consistency range of Tato's. Okay. There's, uh, there's like the super fluffy kind where it's just been blended into like a, uh, almost like a, uh, I don't know, just like a fluff. Like a, just, it's just, there's like no granulars in it whatsoever. And then there's just like chunks mixed with like, and I'm just, 
the whole spectrum. I'm I'm like an either end kind of guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like it if it's super fluffy, and I like it if it's chunky. But I don't really like it when it's kind of in the middle. Uh, I'm wondering if that's a good uh, analogy to the company Tato, the publisher Tato. I don't know. Maybe there's a a huge variety. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. Time. That was a dumb segment. All right, let's go to the quest for the cart. Quest for the cart. <laughs> <laughs> cart. Uh, let's do it. Now it's time for the thrill of 8-bit discovery with Michael's quest to find the cart. God, it's so loud. I wish I would have adjusted those before we got started. Oh, well, sorry. I'm blasting everybody's eardrums. Um, well, so you would think that I would have a good Thanksgiving story about getting this game, but I didn't get this game on Thanksgiving. Sorry. Um, there was this, so this was probably, I mean, I was just touring France. Okay. No big deal. I was just, I was there on a field trip or something, I guess. Uh, and I was just wandering down the aisles of, of a market, you know, there in France. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I don't know if you know a lot about France. I don't, but I'm going to tell you a little story about France anyways. Uh, they have they had just like um, little booths tucked away in the corners, and one of the little booths said Chef Tony's Treasure Trove, and I thought, okay, Chef Tony, um, what you got? I, I thought maybe you'd have some food or something. So I, I looked, and there, you know, Chef Tony was behind the counter. He was uh, he's wearing his apron and all that jazz, and he was flipping something on a griddle, and I was like, oh, so it's like pancakes or something, right? Yeah, I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, but I looked a little closer, and it was a Nintendo game. I was like, "What? Why is he flipping an NES cart on the griddle?" And I said, "Tony, Tony, Chef, Tony, what, what in the world is this edible? I mean, what are you doing? What is this game?" And he he leaned forward and he goes, "It's Panic Restaurant." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay." Uh, so you know, I thought, "Okay, this is what I'm talking about." Uh, I said, "How much for the Panic Restaurant?" He said, "Well, I have a little deal here in my booth. It says if you can eat it, you can have it." I'm like, "Okay, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off, but uh, there he he pulled it out of the of the griddle and handed me this greasy uh, cartridge. And he said, "Here you go, cooked to perfection." And I was like, "Okay," um, and I I started eating on it, uh, and uh, I ate it, and that's how I that's how I acquired the cart. Couldn't, oh. couldn't play it because right. uh, you know yeah but uh, that's right. how I got it so I actually had to I actually had to demo mode this one because once it went through the digestive system hit the brown Friday there was no chance of playing the game <laughs> yeah but uh, there you go that, that was my quest to get the cart um, but no actually I would love to have this cart I probably would have sold it already by now but hell yeah yeah <laughs> um, but no. Uh, this one was uh, this one's a bit too rare for me to have in my collection. I know there's a few listeners out there that I'm pretty confident have at least a couple of listeners we have that I can confidently say probably have this game in their collection since we have at least I think we have at least one or two that have a complete collection, which is surprising if they're still listening to the show. Um, yeah, no, they're they're not listening. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I, for, I forget. I sometimes forget that we just. We just talk to each other on the show. Nobody actually listens to it. But. Right. This is one of those shocking ones that when I was looking up the price, so we'll get to that later uh, in, the, in the show, but it, it's like, what? 
how much money we would have made if we had bought it, you know, uh, before the boom. It's just like, it's crazy how much it's gone up. I know. Anyway. This is this is one of those though. I'm wondering. We'll talk. Nah, yeah, we can talk about it later too. But I'm wondering if we would ever even saw it. Like, I, I think I feel like that just one of those that just did not sell very much. Uh, right. So it may not even been around East Tennessee. You know what I mean? It's like how many cartridges of this game were there in the stores? Because it's a right. weird. It's a weird game. It's late in the Indian's lifestyle. Released late. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would have even wanted to pick it up as a kid. I'd be like, what is this? Yeah. This looks stupid. The box art's insane looking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it looks like, which is funny because um, if you look up like the box art for like the European version, it's cartoony. It looks like the game and it's like, which the game is very cartoony and it's like um, uh, graphics and like the, the box art for the U.S. version is like uh, a, a man, <laughs> like screaming. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I don't. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Very weird looking box art. Doesn't fit the game ever, yeah. at all, and, in my and, opinion. And Tato was not one of those that I just knew as being a quality company. It's not like I would have saw it was a Capcom or a Konami. I would have just saw it and be like, well, it looks ridiculous, but I. I can trust this brand. Right. Tato wasn't one of right. those for me. Although it's funny, they have a lot of expensive games these days. Um, right. And, and, we'll and talk I think about that's because here in a minute. I think that's because they they seem to release a lot of games. I think late in the NES cycle, they kind of got in the game late. So I think they may have just not produced a lot of cartridges. I don't know. Just my guess. I think it's a well, we can talk about it during a game discussion too, but I think it's a lot of uh they produced a lot of very good games, not like mm-hmm. not not great exceptional games, but very good ones that didn't really sell a whole lot of copies. So now that everybody's going back, they're like, "Oh, wow. This mm-hmm. was a good game. This was a good game." And they try to get a hold of it. Yeah. It's just rare cuz they didn't sell a lot of copies of it. But yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this game. All right. Time to dig in to some good old-fashioned game discussion. Okay. You know me. I always like to start off the good old-fashioned game discussion with a trip to the manual. Yep. All right. So, Panic Restaurant instruction booklet. Uh, First thing I notice is... It is laid out like a menu, which is cool. The uh, the table of contents is, is a menu. It, the page numbers are dollar amounts, which I think is clever. Uh, this whole game's like that. The whole thing is very restaurant focused. They yeah. went, they they picked their theme mm-hmm. and they stuck with it. <laughs> There's, they did not deviate from the theme of a restaurant. Right. Um, but here's the story: mayhem at Panic Restaurant. This report just in, mutant food takes over the Eaton restaurant. That's right, folks. Looks like the meat has gone bad and the buns are on a roll. The whole situation smells fishy. But even as we speak, Chef Cookie is about to enter his restaurant and cut the overgrown veggies down to size. Armed with only a frying pan and a few kitchen tools, he hopes to make a hash out of this revolting food. But things could get foul when Cookie tackles the spoiled chickens and the rotten eggs. Bouncing chicks is an ugly job. Bouncing chicks? Hmm. 
Yeah, that I don't know what that means. Weird, huh? That's a little weird. And there's much more to it than that. Even the kitchen utensils are after Cookie's hide. He'll be leaping from the fire into the firing frying pan. Rabid hot dogs will be barking at his heels while scoops of ice cream lose their cool and skate after him. Where will this coolest food fight end? Is Chef Cookie goose cooked? Is Chef Cookie's goose cooked? Man, I'm tongue twisted on this. Anyways, these it's kind of a tongue twisting. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a little story here. It's a little rough. Uh, they're just they're trying to find all the little uh, little catchphrases and squeeze them into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Chef Cookie's goose cooked, or has it joined the battle against him? Will he be flayed by the fillet of soul before he starts to fish fry? We're going to take an in-depth look at his chances and the odds he's facing to follow our special report. Read on. Jeez, that is a uh, that that I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. I think that was one of the hardest uh, intro stories to read out loud of of any of the games we've done. Um, yeah, that's, that's rough. But this instruction book is great. It's very colorful. Um, lots of cool little cartoony things. Uh, kind of lays out all the all the uh, weapons you can get. The items. I mean, I would put this. Uh, I, I would put yeah. this manual on par with any any of the smaller manuals. Out there. Maybe not on par with like the Zelda one that came with a map or anything cool like that. But uh, as far as the graphics inside the game and the that being in the book and then like the drawings and the little cartoon characters in it, I, I really like it. I like this manual a lot. Yeah, you know, I have one gripe about it. I just noticed this uh, on the on the story page. Mm-hmm. The picture of O'Dove, uh, his patch is on a different eye than it's on in the game. Oh, I just noticed that. Maybe it's a mirror. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Probably just is the game in the mirror, or is the or is the manual in the mirror? I don't know. I don't know. Probably just goof. They probably just goofed it up. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'm guessing we didn't have any memories from our childhood about this game, so we'll get skip that section. Um, yeah. Zero. But what you know, starting off, what are your thoughts? Um. Well, you know, it's it's pretty much just a, a platformer with you know. Uh, and which typically, you know, I like. And I thought the game was pretty good. I didn't think that there was... I, I think that it was kind of, um, you know... It was fun, but I don't know that there was enough that it was just, like, unique enough to be, like, you know, to really grab my interest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so... It's kind of a... I, yeah. Go ahead. I no, I'm with you. I find, I found the the gameplay to be pretty engaging, right? I mean, it's a it's a platformer. Mm-hmm. It's well executed. Uh, it feels good to play. I really didn't have any any qualms about like uh, bad controls or anything like that. Um, you know the the theme of the game, which they went hard on restaurant theme. 
very hard. Mm-hmm. But I think that works in its favor because it is a very basic platformer at its core. Uh, if it was just your generic, you know, themeless guy, you know what I mean? Like there, there's a few platformers on the NES where there's there's really no. It's just kind of a gen- more generic game. This one at least has like a cohesive theme that really pulls it together. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's just really basic. Uh, I mean, the controls are tight and responsive. The hit detection's good. I mean, I, there's really not much to say bad about it gameplay wise, but it's just like you said, it's it's just kind of basic. It's 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 also kind of short. It's kind of easy. Uh, yeah, it's an easy short game. There's the bosses are not that like they're not tough like you know i mean the boss the first i mean really all the bosses weren't that bad but like this was a game that just like kind of surprised you when you would get to a boss and then you beat it and you're like oh well that was it you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean but yeah no, no you're right I, I i think um the bosses were were a bit underwhelming uh, especially the final boss. Uh, like, I think the, the rest of the game is more interesting than the bosses, which typically, yeah. it's, typically it's the other way around in these NES games. Normally they really bring it home for the boss battles, uh, especially the last one, right? The whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe make some of the level stuff a little bit easy or easier or less inventive, inventive than the boss fights. But this one was... I don't know, kind of underwhelming on the boss. Um, I thought they were. I thought the the levels and the uh, the enemies and and everything were pretty varied, though. I mean, it, they kept mixing it up. Um, each levels each levels different, like a different theme from the menu, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. e- each level did feel totally different, which was cool. Um, the variety, you know, kind of extended to the different enemies you fight and the the level design. I mean, so the even though it's a short game, it's it's a pretty diverse game all the way through. I mean, in terms of what you see and the enemies you face. The yeah. pl- the platforming elements are pretty basic and it's kind of easy, which makes them feel even more basic, but the variety of levels and enemies kept it in I mean, I was interested the whole time. I mean, I say it's a short game, but Personally, that kind of been that's kind of a benefit to me at this stage in life, right? Uh, yeah. The shorter the game, the better. Most most typically for me, because it's like I'm squeezing it in, trying to squeeze a game in, in like maybe an hour a week. <laughs> you know, it's the the right. bare minimum amount of time that I can try to play. Uh, so that 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 kind of works in its favor. Um. Yeah. This, no. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think, you know, but I and I, I agree, like in the plat in the stages in the the different levels, there, you know, the the variety of enemies is actually pretty good because each stage tends to have new different enemies. I mean, there's a few repeats in there, but um everything seems to be unique. It does, and the backgrounds and everything seem to be very unique. But it just, you know, it was just kind of like, um, there wasn't anything unique enough to where I was just like, you know, blown away by the game. Yeah, 
I think I, I hate to keep coming back to the, the theme of the game, but I think that's what ties this whole thing together is if that theme of a guy trying to save his restaurant from mutant fruit and like uh, utensils attacking him and he's fighting with mm-hmm. eggs and plates and frying pans. If that theme is something that just you think is hilarious and would really interest you, then this game is great. I mean, it's, it's like top tier on that theme of a platformer doing that. But to me, to me, I mean, I found it amusing and kind of unique. Uh, there's not a lot of games that you do that in. Right. Uh, right. But it just, I, I feel like we're saying too much negative about it, but it's just, it's just, yeah. it's just hitting right there in the middle of the right of the road. Maybe a little bit on the high side. Like if you're, you know, grading on a scale of one to ten, you're probably above a five somewhere. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there were some unique things about it, though. I think the weapons were all unique, even though they, you know, um, you know, using the kitchen utensils, you get us, you know, the fork gives you kind of like a pogo stick. Yeah, the feature. pogo. Yeah, right. Um, you know, you get the the frying pan, which is kind of your main weapon. Uh, that you're using um and you can throw eggs um so there were some like decent um pot variety head. of weapons don't forget about huh? the pot don't forget about the pothead the pothead yeah i was i, I was uh, gonna bring that one up because i like that because it's kind of like the invincible you know that you have in some games where you can just kind of run through your enemies but in this one the pot goes on your head and you spin yeah he just kind of rolled through everybody. So that was, I thought that was pretty fun and unique, even though it's a, it, you know, it's a, a uh, certainly something that's been used in multiple games. It was unique how they used it. Right. Um, yeah. The, all the weapons were fairly unique. The pro- the problem is a lot of the weapons were fairly unique, but I didn't like most of them. Does that make sense? I kind of just like yeah. I kind of just like the frying pan for the most part. Yeah. Um. I I mean the fork was okay. I like the bouncing thing. Kind of made me feel like I was playing Shovel Knight for a bit, maybe. Um. Yeah. But some of the project, like the projectile items, like the eggs and the plates, I the I didn't like the trajectory on them. Like it threw me off. Like trying to, because it's not as it's not like a shooting a gun or something. It's it's got like a there's like an angle to it, right? So I don't know. I, yeah. I really just used. I really like the fire, frying pan for the most part. Uh, the spoon was okay because you can reach a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So I don't know. What was your What was your favorite weapon? I mean, I'm kind of a basic guy too. I think I got. I like just the frying pan the yeah. most. Frying pan and the spoon. I mean, just because of the. Frying pan, the frying pan just makes the most sense because it's just, it's like a punch move, right? It's just, that's just what makes the most sense to me in this game. Right. Uh, the let's, we can talk about the levels. The uh, so stage one is the garden, so it's like you start outside and have to enter the restaurant. Uh, stage two is the dining room. Stage three is the kitchen. Stage four is the courtyard, which is like an outdoor barbecue area. Uh, stage five is the freezer, your quintessential icy level, right? And, yeah. And then stage six is the basement, which I don't know what restaurant has the basement. Copper cellar, maybe. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is closed now. Oh, well, really? the one on the strip is closed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The one on the, everything on the strip is now going to be housing. So, yay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know the, like I said, I thought they were varied. I think my favorite level is probably the kitchen, um, the giant boiling pots and everything that just, I've always liked, um, levels where you're like a tiny guy in a giant world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So kind of like, it makes me think of, um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers or some micro machines or something where everything around you is giant. So the giant boiling right. pots that you have to work or dance and jump over and stuff. Um, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Another thing that I really thought was neat, kind of a neat feature is like there's the level where you have like the, uh, uh, the boiling water or I guess whatever it's like lava yeah that's the and same then one, uh, like yeah. what's that that's the same level I think what I'm talking about yeah and then but do you you know a lot of games do this where you're like going over water or something where you jump on like logs or whatever but this one was like you jump on the bubbles which was pretty neat little feature I thought yep so it was kind of a neat thing uh, to as usual, I did not like the ice level. I don't know why people always feel like they got to put an ice level on a game, make yeah. the floor all slippery and stuff. But uh, they do. Yeah. Oh, there's also uh, bonus levels. What do you think about the bonus levels? Mm. There's a slot yeah. machine. There's a fishing level, and there's like a I don't know what you ca- egg catching level. I guess the birds poop out eggs, and you have yeah. to catch them. I kind of like that. I always like bonus levels like that. Just kind of a little you know, yeah. snippet but, of something unique. Right. I'm a big fan of bonus levels. I think the slot machine is kind of boring. But uh, yeah, the fishing was cool. And the egg catching, that was, that was fun. I like, I like both of those. The uh, egg catching right. kind of... Uh, so the fishing, you just throw out like a hand and you just have to time the button press to throw it out and grab whatever is out there. Yeah. Uh, the egg one is ki- kind of reminds me of, did you ever play uh, like the game and watch games where the, I don't know mm-hmm. why, I don't know why it reminds me of this, but the one where the, the guy's jumping out of the burning building, you have to catch him on the, on the gurney. <laughs> I don't think I ever whatever. played that uh, one. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. You just, you're basically just timing, trying to catch the guy on the little. Yeah. I don't know. Did they ever use those in real life? They, I guess they did have to, right? Did they just ever have the giant, the giant trampoline that's in the cartoons and stuff? Yeah, I, it, that is true. That's another thing that's like you, you see a lot in cartoons. Like, okay, things in cartoons that you always, you know, that you just don't see in real life. Quicksand, obviously. Well, quicksand is not, not a thing. Yeah, anvils. Like, anvils are a thing. And, you know, the amount of anvils that are used in cartoons, you would think anvils are all over the place. Right. And they, but how and many they... <laughs> anvils have you truly seen? Well, I, if you go to the Arts and Crafts Fair here in, uh, down in uh, the Lenore City Park, you see them every year. There's always a guy that's like a smith, a, a smith guy. What do you call them? Blacksmith. Yeah. Blacksmith, yeah. Yeah. There's always one of those guys that uh, has an anvil. But you, the funny thing is, 
if you if you did nothing but watch cartoons and you thought that was real life, you would assume that all anvils are shipped via plane, and that these planes <laughs> yeah. don't tie them down. Mm-hmm. They just they just they're just from the sky. And they're also transporting pianos. Right, right. Also transporting. And that pianos. somehow, when a piano lands on you, your teeth turn into piano teeth. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> classic. That's a classic move right there. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, we I I tried to find. They don't have a lot. Uh, so, Max, formerly known as HBO Max, has some Looney Tunes stuff on it. But they don't have a lot of. Of it, they've got some of the really old ones, but they've they pulled out a lot of the stuff I remember as a kid. I think it's a lot of yeah. You think it's like a a censorship thing, like you know, like some of it's just a little bit wouldn't fly nowadays. I think that's probably part of it. They pulled out a lot of stuff that's uh, instead of putting the disclaimer on the front, you know, like some people do, where it's like, oh, this was. This was yeah. made in the fifties or whatever. Don't don't mind this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instead of doing that, they just pulled out those episodes. Um, yeah. And some of like there was some. I don't know if it's because they're afraid the kids are going to try to do some of this stuff or what. But like some of the Wally Cody stuff, I I was hunting it. There's a couple of there's a couple of episodes of it, but I feel like there's more than just two or three episodes of Wally Cody chasing the Roadrunner. I feel like I saw that constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I only I could, one, I, uh, I could only find like two episodes on there. I think Pepe Le Pew is pretty much canceled at this point. Yeah, he's gone. Too. I, I like, looked I, I looked for Pepe Le Pew because I always thought that was hilarious, but he he's gone. I didn't see any of his. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I don't know Foghorn Leghorn maybe maybe also gone too. You know that whole southern kind of. I think I, I oh, think I saw you know, a, I bet. I think I saw a couple of Foghorn Leghorns on there. I bet Yosemite Sam is definitely gone. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of you. There's still a lot of Elmer Fudd, but there's not a lot of Yosemite Sam. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I went. I I went. Uh, I took a dive over a weekend and was trying to find Looney Tunes because we're yeah we're just looking for stuff to watch, um, and there just wasn't as much as I remember being on there. Oh well. Anyways, right. uh, I'm not sure how we got off on that tangent, but uh, yeah. What do you think about the graphics of this game? So, graphic-wise, the sprites of both the character as well as the um, the enemies throughout the level, I thought were really good. Actually, I thought it, they were uh, top-notch. Um, I like the kind of cartoony feel that it has and everything about that. So, uh, I was a big fan of... Uh, the uh, the graphics yeah that's probably one of the best i think i agree with you i think the graphics are probably one of the best aspects of this game um again going hard on that restaurant theme uh but with a cartoon vibe so i mean they they i mean the the main character and the hors d'oeuvre guy or odev guy uh both look good the I mean, the character, all the characters and sprites are kind of big. They're not too big. They're kind of adventure mm-hmm. island sized, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to describe what kind of their size, but the the levels are awesome. The level designs are they're all diverse, creative. Everything's vibrant, colorful. 
everything you would mm-hmm. expect from a late NES life cycle game. Um, no complaints in the graphics department for me. Yeah. I what, agree. What about uh, sound and the music? Uh, fit the game. Not necessarily something that I would, uh, you know, listen to um, outside of it. But I think for the game itself, I think the gra- the the sound effects were were fitting. Yeah, I agree. I found the I found the music to be the music and the sound effects to fit the game, just like you'd expect. Um, you know the the music was good. The, the you know some lively lively melodies to match the cartoon aspect or whatever. Um, I did find a couple of things a little, um, I don't know, let's listen to this intro, uh, the, the intro song again. Tell me this isn't, there's a little bit of sadness in the music. I'm not sure why, but uh, listen. Yeah, well, it is kind of a sad game. I mean, this guy's worked and, you know, probably invested a lot of his, in, you know, his, his money into this uh, restaurant and some jerk who's just taking it over. That's true. Hey, speaking of jerk, um, so I got to talk about, I got to go to another tangent. I got to talk about these lights because I can still, I can still see the neighbor across the street's lights okay. while I'm sitting, right. in, I'm sitting in my office and I can see them. Okay. He he's he's a newer neighbor of mine. He's not the guy that used to live there. It's a a new guy. He just moved in over the summer, and so I didn't know what to expect come Christmas time. But he's got lights on his house. They when he was stringing them up, I was like, oh, this is gonna look pretty good. It's just they're just white. Uh, he's got them yeah. in, in all of the places you would think, like along the porch banister, around the roof, all the places you would expect the lights to go. I was like, oh, this is gonna be yeah. this is gonna be pretty good. Uh, he turns them on the first time and he likes to have them a little bit of movement in them, which I was thinking, uh, okay. okay. Um, and so he's been, he's been working on it. He's trying to figure out what he wants to do with this, this movement. Okay. First it was just kind of like a fading in and out, uh, slowly, yeah. uh, but out of, out of order, not like, not all at once, but like the windows would do it and then the roof would do it. And then maybe the porch would do it kind of all back and forth so it didn't make a lot of sense uh yeah it was a little bit annoying but it was it was slow and it was kind of a fade in and out no big deal well tonight uh just so happens i know it's convenient that i'm recording the podcast tonight but this is what made me think of it so tonight he's freaking disco stew over here it's like blinking like crazy (laughs) i mean it is rapid fire (laughs) blinking over there just like there's no music playing it's just going nuts over there. And I don't know what he's thinking, what he's doing. All the lights inside of his house are off. He's in bed. I'm looking out my window yeah. right now, and, they, and they're going nuts. He's turning the party on, yeah. and he's gone to bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I don't know what that guy's problem is. Then uh, the people to my left also just got finished putting theirs up today, or at least I hope they're finished, because they've got, I would guess, on the on the order. on. I'd say they're on the order of about, 12 different inflatables across their front yard. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> and 
you you've seen you've yeah. seen you've seen our neighborhood. Our our yards are not large. They're like half acre front yards at most, maybe a quarter of an acre. And he's got so think about that. That's maybe every tenth of an acre or less. He's got yeah, and some kind of inflatable, all blown yeah. up, all lit up, and just beaming over here to my left, to my right. They put up an inflatable gingerbread house at like leading into their front door. And I was like, okay, this is okay. That's fine. That's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, nope. It's like half deflated and laying on the ground now. For, it's been like that for days. <laughs> they, they're not doing anything about it. It's just laying there. <laughs> but so wait, there's more. Have- Hold on. There's one more, and it's Crab Man. And I know. I know he's oh, doing. Oh no, it's crab man! I know he's doing this to me on purpose because I've mentioned that I don't like these. You know those that you just stab in the ground and like they project up on the wall. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, well, if you go by Crab Man's house and you look at his the front of his house, he's got regular lights up. He's got like lights around his his banisters. He's got lights around his porch, mm-hmm. around his windows. Looks great, but the wall of his house that faces my house, he has put one of those things in the ground. And it's <laughs> shining up on his wall, and I just know he's doing it to me just because he knows I don't like. He's it. just torturing you. He's just torturing me. So, anyways, I am surrounded. Yeah. I am surrounded by like crazy Christmas decorations. I didn't even put any out. There's nothing on the outside. We just have yeah. a wreath. We just have a wreath on the outside of our house. I'm like, I'm not even going to add to this noise. Well, that was going to be my question because now it's like all these people and now if you don't put lights up, it's you're, you're the Scrooge. You're I'm Scrooge. The, no, I'm Scrooge for sure. Uh, and uh, I'm proud yeah. of it. I'm not going to be... We got. I mean, we got Christmas in, inside our house and we put a wreath and stuff out outside. I am not joining this pandemonium that is going on outside my house. I just can't do it. <laughs> I'm, not, well, I'm, I'm not keeping up with those Joneses. If you don't like inflatables, I've got one for you because there's a neighborhood close to where we live, and um, they the whole neighborhood. It's a it's a deal. Like they do, everybody decorates big time. So much so that about a week before Christmas, they'll there will be a cop on the main road directing traffic in and out of this neighborhood. It's that big of a deal nice so there's a house like uh, in that neighborhood that has so many inflatables like you can't walk in their yard like it's inflatable <laughs> like there's no you can't even get through the inflatables like they're just next to each other there's so many of them i'll have to send you a picture of it just yeah show you this i'm not i'm not anti-inflatable i'm not you just but you gotta you gotta you gotta keep up with them you and it's got to be, it's got to have a, a theme or something. It's got to be classy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not that I'm anti-inflatable. I'm just, um, I'm anti what my neighbors are doing with their inflatables, for sure. Well, I've got uh, my, uh, our neighbor, uh, not Christmas inflatable, but he has an inflatable Brutus, which is the mascot for Ohio State. Oh no! Yeah, he went to a house. He went to a state. Really nice people, but he went to a house state, and so he's a big Ohio State fan. And so it's funny because like you'll have it up on game days, 
and then you know it's not up you know the rest of the week but like well at least he's got some class michigan michigan week you'll keep it up all week right because okay. that's the big rivalry game it's always hilarious though like when ohio state loses because you know it, it usually on game day it stays up and ohio state wins and it stays up until sunday he deflates it but as soon as Ohio State loses, he deflates it. <laughs> it's, it's like, nope. Oh, man. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's talk about, is this game worth it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> how, much is yeah. it, how much does it go for uh, in 2023? The price charting has it right now. At seven hundred and eighty-eight dollars sixty-nine cents for a loose price, the complete is eighteen hundred. Jeez. So um, now, if you had bought this game in two thousand and seven, it was thirty dollars. That is expensive in two thousand seven. Even though, wow. If you had bought it when we started this podcast in January of twenty fourteen. Then you would, uh, it was $280. Wow. So still, if you had bought it then, you would have made a $500 profit. Yeah, that's crazy. I should, I knew I should have just bought a complete collection when we started this podcast. Yeah. Oh, well. We thought it was expensive back then. I know. I, the games that I bought are in the closet right now, and I, they're, collecting dust but uh yeah i feel like i shouldn't sell them they've only ever gone up yeah like that's weird that i assume that these games are gonna go back down some at some point but you would think but there is there seem to be going to yeah there is going down much no no they're going down a little bit right now but there was a big spike when all when all that COVID money hit it. If you look at the, if you look at price charting, oh, yeah. every like, every game has a spike in like twenty twenty one. When everybody was getting their COVID money, they're like, "Well, we didn't need this, but uh, I guess I'll buy some video games with it." You know, some yeah. people some people yeah. needed it. I I take that back. Some people probably didn't need it, but not everybody needed it. And the people who didn't need it probably just bought stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh anyway, that brings up a point that I hadn't really even thought about until I just just mentioned it, uh thinking about when we started this podcast. Uh next month is ten years. We've been doing this for a decade. A decade. Wow. Twenty fourteen was when we started. <laughs> and what do we have wow. to show for it? Nada. <laughs> we have less listeners now than probably the first episode when it first came out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but oh, you guys, man. you guys are that so, means you guys got to make twenty twenty four. We got to make twenty twenty four a big year. Yeah, I think so. No. Well, uh, we got a lot to show for it. We made a lot of good friends, and the people who still listen to us are right. they are loyal, and they're they're. Most of them are pretty good friends, I assume. If you if I don't know you, then thank you for yeah. listening. Thank you for listening. But if I do know you, thank you for sticking around for as long as you have. 
you know who you are. Um, yeah, that's right. If you, if I mean, I assume that we're going to at least outlast the Genesis gems. So that's all that matters. That's right. Okay. Well, do you have any retrofitted trophies? You know what this game needs? Some retrofitted trophies. Did you come up with anything? I got three. Okay. All right. My first one is I Dream of Chicken. And that is ten, kill ten of the chickens... The leg, uh, the chickens that have like no wings when they're running around. Have you noticed that? Yeah. They have legs. Uh, kill 10 of those after watching this, the Ren and Stimpy episode where Stimpy falls in love with the chicken that Ren buys <laughs> at the grocery store. Oh, man. I love Ren and Stimpy. I forget about it. But yeah, it's good. Yeah. For some odd reason, that little character just reminded me of that episode. So, yeah, okay, that's good. Um, I got one called Michelin Rated, and to get that, you need to uh, beat the entire game without losing a life. Ooh, nice. Um, my next one is Ice Ice Baby, and that is kill ten ice cream cones. Because an ice cream cone is one of the Bad guys. Yeah, okay. I like that one. Uh, I'm going to go with Iron Chef. Uh, and you beat you earn that one by beating a level with only the frying pan. Which I'm assuming is caster. Oh, no. It has to be. Yeah. Uh, my uh, last trophy <laughs> is... <laughs> is uh, Weenie Beater. <laughs> And that no. is kill ten hot dogs with the frying pan. No, oh, <laughs> that one might have to be edited out. No, no, we're leaving it in. Uh, and All right, this, good. This is why we don't have any listeners, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, I'll just not say any of my. I had a couple more, but they're it's over. That's good. Um, <laughs> we're leaving it with Weenie Beater. Yeah, we're gonna leave it off with Weenie Beater. Uh, we do have a few from the uh, Facebook group, but it's because I just combined them all into the feedback now. Uh, do yeah. you want to do you want to do them now, or do you want to do? Um, I guess the question is, should we do the? Do you want to cull through the feedback post? Or you just want to do it all during a feedback segment? We can just do it all, I guess, during the feedback. Okay. Sounds good. So you get your you get the dudes retrofitted trophies first, and then if you're lucky, and our and if and the listeners gave us some good ones during the feedback, you'll get some more then. All right, cool. Well, then in that case, let's give this game a rating. No game is worthy until the dudes have spoken. It's time for the game rating. How do you want to rate this one? Oh, man. Well, we just had Thanksgiving, so you could go with the Thanksgiving theme. And this game does do food, but that's a little bit too on the nose. Mm. Yeah, probably too on the nose for us. Um, 
I like the idea of Thanksgiving, though. Yeah. Um, how about... No, that's two on the nose, too. Hmm. This is good pod. We should come up with these before the show, yeah. right? No, no. Yeah, but it's that, that ruins the fun of it. Yeah, it's more fun for us to not come up with it ahead of time. Maybe not as much right. fun for the listener, but it's more fun for us. Um, how about a type of bird? Okay, all right. Sounds good. Let me think. I'm gonna about go with. I'm gonna go with a parakeet. Oh, okay. Because a parakeet's pretty in its own right, but there's just nothing special about a parakeet. It's just a parakeet. It's just a. It's just like, you know, if somebody said, "I've got a, a bird," you're like, "What kind of bird you got?" And they just said a parakeet. You're just like, oh, okay. The parakeet's the that's tiny, how the tiny little bird that everybody has, I guess, right? Right. And that's what this game is to me. It's like it's 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 cool. It's a bird, and it's pretty, but there's just nothing special about it. Are parakeets really expensive? I don't think so. Oh, okay. That would have been. You want a parakeet? I get you a parakeet. Hold on. I do not want a parakeet. I'll tell you a story though. There was a time. There was one. This one time, uh, that my in-laws neighbor needed their birds fed while they were on vacation, Uh, and my father-in-law and mother-in-law were not going to do it. So Amber and I did it actually, Uh, and. I don't think, no, maybe it was like they needed their house sit. They needed somebody to come like check out their house, make sure it was okay. And we didn't know mm-hmm. they had birds. I think that's what it was. Cause it was, it was, it was a, there was a shock to see the birds. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that was, that was the, that was the part that was, that was the good story is that, that we didn't know they had birds. Uh, so we went in to like check their house and like take their mail in for them and all this stuff. Cause they were gone for like two weeks and we go in, and we, yeah. just, we just hear birds. And we go, like, snooping through the house. Not really snooping, but uh, just checking through the house to find the birds. And there was, I think there were parakeets. They are little tiny. They were little bitty-bitty, like the size of, like, a computer mouse or something. Just a tiny little bird. And there's three of them. And they were just, mm-hmm. they were just chirping around. And they had a, they, I guess, I guess birds can just, you just give them a little thing of seed, and they'll just, nibble on it for two weeks i guess they they don't need yeah their cage cleaned out or anything i don't it just seems weird to me that these people would take off to vacation or something for two weeks and just leave their birds just hanging out in the house yeah i don't know how that works i've never you know we have chickens which are birds but you know you you i guess i mean really chickens you don't even have to feed every day because they'll forage out in the you know the grass but like, I guess you could just put them a, a bowl of food out and they'll just eat on it. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but if they're like in a cage, I mean, like if you do, if you give a dog a bowl of food, he's just going to eat it all the first day and then die a week and a half later, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I guess... I, <laughs> that's true. I, I guess that's, a bird's not going to do that. I don't know. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, okay, 
Um, I want to go with uh, because I just recently watched a uh, a nature show and I saw this bird and I thought it was cool. I'm going to go with the kingfisher. Have you heard of mm. those? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's, it's a bit of a rare bird, kind of like this game, and it's pr- it's beautiful. It's like this bright, vibrant blue. Um, but it's kind of tiny, unassuming, kind of like the gameplay in this game. Um, but it can swoop down and get a fish like, you know, so nothing that has nothing to do with this game, but I thought that was cool. Uh, more so just that it's okay. Very colorful and, and rare. That's, that's why, that's why I'm going with the Kingfisher. All right. I like it. Cool. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's, uh, let's check in on some feedback. It's time for D-Patter Feedback, because when you're a D-Patter, you're a D-Patter for life. You feel like you got a pot on your head now? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, You got it pulled up? You want me to do it? I got it pulled up if you... I got it. We can... Either way. Okay, cool. Go for it. It's normally you, so. All right. So, Jess C. James says, Never had or played this card as a kid, but I've tried the demo version, and I found it pretty good. My retrofitted trophy would be, I'm Rich B, and that would be (laughs) achieved from simply owning this card in any condition. She's a pricey one these days. That she is. Nick DeMarco says they're called chili dogs. Stevens hide uh, hide every copy of this game from Nick Stevens. Okay. Uh, Christopher Kellogg says I learned about this game a few years ago and it's crazy price tag. So I borrowed it from an from a site. I promise I'll give it back and gave it a go. I absolutely loved it. Crazy. It has tight controls. And it's just a quick, fun game. If I had it growing up, it would have been a favorite of mine. I'd give it for four money-filled turkeys out of five. <laughs> okay. That's what it would take to buy it, for sure. Nick DeMarco comes back and says, Panic at the Disco Restaurant. Uh, play through this game with the sound muted, and I write sins, not tragedies, on loop. Okay. All right. Nick, uh, sorry, Peter Martin says, I never heard of it. Trophy, a trophy, if you've never heard of the game. I like that. (laughs) Peter, did you earn this trophy? (laughs) Uh, Ken Kuzmal says, overrated trophy. Playing a game that everyone says is awesome, only to find out it's not that great. Not a bad game, but it's not as great as the the hype it gets. At least somebody agrees with us. Right. I, was, I was afraid everybody was going to Yeah, I think, think Ken's on our page. Yeah, I was yeah. afraid everybody was going to be like, oh, no, you guys are wrong. This game's great. Which, it's great, but it's just not... It's not the bee's knees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emily Zostrick. I don't know if I ever say their last name, but... Um, correct. Sorry if I butcher it. Uh, well, pour one out for the phone number, of which I guess is gone. We're going comment section on this one. Uh, yeah, they usually do call, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, what's up, dudes? It's M&S back again. 
Panic Restaurant was a pretty great game. The classic late Tato release. While being expensive and a holy grail, it shines in graphics, music, and gameplay. I had to sell mine, unfortunately, and the guy complained about how my screws were too tight, and I had to partial refund and never got the game back. Ugh, <laughs> a dang. bunch of, yeah, a bunch of shirt to be sure. <laughs> uh, anyways, glad y'all are back. Emily out. Yeah, uh, we're glad we're back too. Sorry about the phone number. We. Uh... Maybe we let it sit and not be used, and Google took it back from us. So, yeah, you sh- you guys should have been calling it so that Google knew we were using it, even though we weren't podcasting. You should have still been calling it, but yeah, just call it and leave a voicemail. Oh well, oh well. Um, Ryan Kimball rounds us out with the best investment ever trophy: a rental place called Video Box Office. That I used to ride my bike to went out of business around 1992, and they had all their NES games out for sale for five dollars each. Thankfully, Panic Restaurant was one of the maybe ten that I was able to purchase. It was one of my favorite games after that, and I had no clue it was rare or valuable until circa 2005. Still have it, CIB, a cornerstone of the collection. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's funny they got this game. If you if they went out of business night two, it's like they got this game and then they immediately went out of business. <laughs> like it, it, within the same year, <laughs> within the same year of them getting Panic Restaurant for rental, they went out of business. Yep. Hmm. So good on you for getting that game, but uh, they probably they probably lost money that year. You know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, obviously they lost money if they had to go out of business, but you know what I mean on that one game because I'm sure games were, you know, the game's probably like sixty, seventy bucks, and the rental yeah. the rental versions were even more expensive. I think that's right. Yeah, and then he like got the it for movies. Like, remember how? Like, yeah, and he got it for five bucks. Actually, I don't know if the games were the same way as movies. You were you were mentioning movies. I I don't know if the games were the same way as movies or not. Probably, because there's licensing fees and stuff. Because every rental, yeah, I would assume. I would assume if you're going to rent it out, you have to pay a pretty good price. Yeah, for it. So. And you eventually get it back, technically, right? But yeah, you would hope. I mean, that's the game plan, right? Right. Okay. Um, I think I do believe we did get a new iTunes review. Since the last time we podcast, oh, yeah, February of this year actually. Uh, it's from J- Jamie Ziegler, which longtime listener. If I re- if I if the name, if I remember the name, it does ring a bell. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Jamie, for finally finally giving us five stars. He says just the best, but where are y'all at? Yeah, there you go. There We're you back. Go. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> in our now uh monthly ish version of the podcast but yeah take what you can get I well guess. you know what we're just getting we're just we're just preparing for our 10 year anniversary year mm. where we're gonna really knock it out of the park that's right yeah we're going daily <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what <clears throat> Whenever we, whenever it's time to, whenever we think it's time to call it quits, we're going to go daily so we can knock out all the rest of the games in a couple years' time. 
uh, and then we'll call it quit. Right. Daily and the episodes are three minutes long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we record them all uh, in one night so that we can right. <laughs> release them daily. Right. All right. Okay, well, pretty good show. I don't really have anything else to... Uh, to talk, I mean, I don't have any. It'd be a forced tangent at this point, but I, I could do it. I've got plenty more things I could talk about, but yeah, we'll save it. We'll save, save it. For we'll the ne- next episode. We'll need. We'll need more. We'll need more material moving forward. So, right. um, little treat for everybody. I don't know what game we're going to cover next. Uh, so I have put in one of our Christmas tunes at the end of this episode. Nice from. Uh, past years so yes if you're listening to this episode and it's not december uh you're gonna have to listen to a christmas song not in december so that's for all you future future listeners out there but it is december for us right now so here you go here's one of our christmas tunes from our first christmas christmas album we do have two oh i gotta do some post-show announcements also but I'll I'll include this as part of our post show announcements. We have two Christmas albums that we did uh, many many years ago, like a decade ago, basically. Uh, the first one is, mm-hmm. I think it's called Nintendo Country Christmas by Two Dudes in an S, and yeah. the other one is called uh, Rock and Roll Christmas or something like that. Um, so go check them out. They're on your streaming services if you want to hear. Just look up Two Dudes in an S, not the podcast, but the artist. And uh, there'll be two Christmas albums for your enjoyment. They're not very good. I'm just going to just get that out there. But I, oh, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're great. Um, but the quality is intentionally pretty bad. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, real quick shout outs. Shout out to the Bit Brothers out there. Um, <laughs> Shout out to the Wee Dude, Nico's 8-Bit Stereo on YouTube. That's where we s- snag all our bleeps and bloops from the games. Mm-hmm. You all right? Yeah, sorry. You know, most professional podcasters were mute before they coughed. But, you know, just thought I'd leave that in there for everybody. Uh, we missed the professional boat a long time ago. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, that's true. Shout out to the Fox Dude for our awesome logo. Uh, you can find us basically just on Facebook. We used to have a telephone number. We don't anymore. Uh, you can find us on your favorite streaming service or podcast service. Um, I think we've still got a website. I think it's bitbrosnetwork.com, but I'm not even sure about that. We kind of fell off. The entirety of BitBros fell off. We let everybody down. We're coming back. Yeah. At least we're going to do episodes. Don't expect much more than just Genesis Gems and two dudes for any anytime soon. But uh, yeah, you know, life life happens. All right, yeah. now Christmas music. Here we go. We're going to play. Uh, this one is called uh, Link and Zelda's Loving Christmas Love. Christmas Eve in Hyrule And Zelda is waiting For Link to return With presents for the fairies in 
there's no star on top of the tree there is a void inside of me i need something more than this mistletoe is hung above the castle window Epona sits outside Shivering in the cold And there's no star on top of the tree There is a void inside of me I need something more than this Now 